what the fuck is up y'all oh my goodness and welcome back to another fucking podcast episode of what is there to even talk about i am your host I was about to say my other name, but Nature Valley, um, I do want to let you guys know that I am thinking of rebranding just a little bit. I know you guys noticed my new podcast picture. It's still me. It's still what is there to even talk about. We just got a new look. Um, I did design the logo myself. Um, if you're looking into getting a logo design or something like that, I can do it for you. Um, but I also have other people that I can reference you to if you want like a more advanced design. I could just do basic things as you guys can see. Um, but yeah, what the fuck is up, y'all? Um, I want to first, actually, you know, I'm not going to apologize. Life gets to us, guys, you know, and I do just want to say that I missed <laughs> so much talking to you guys. Um, and just, you know, having that space to like debrief and all that good stuff. So without further ado, um, there's no real life updates or anything like that. It's just that, you know, like I said, life gets to you sometimes. So yeah, I think you guys can notice like I'm much more upbeat. I'm much more happy these days. I just felt like I've found a new attitude. I know that sounds corny, but yeah, without further ado, I just want to introduce this fucking podcast episode. So, first things first, I want to just kind of like set the stage for what the hell we're about to talk, talk about right now. Um, so, I know you guys can see from the title, um, but I just want to, you know, like lay it out for you guys. Um, so, just to introduce the topic... Excuse me. Though I do identify as gender fluid for the sake of this conversation and to kind of um, contextualize my perspective, I want to let y'all know that I am many things, but I am definitely a black woman. Um, And as a black woman, I have every right to feel how I feel about whatever I feel. And that's just what it is. You know, I vow to speak my truth, even if I have to force the words from my throat (laughs) and I'm shaking the entire time. Um, because quite frankly, I'm tired of being silent for the sake of others' comfort. So yeah, that was just, you know, a quick little, a little spiel of mine just to kind of set the stage. Um, because I know that I've mentioned that I'm gender fluid, so I didn't want to confuse you guys. I'm definitely a black woman. Um, and that's how I'm viewed in the world. So it's very important that I recognize that. Um, especially within the context of this episode. Um, okay, so, um, now that I've gotten that out of the way, I, I definitely wanted to talk about R. Kelly, um, Nasty Ass, O.J. Simpson, Michael Jordan, and Bill Cosby in relation to one of Issa Rae's most notable phrases, which was, um, she's rooting for everyone lack. Um, so I want to introduce this topic, um, just kind of using Issa Rae's comment as a catalyst, I guess, to the black woman's psyche. Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of background, in 2017, um, Issa Rae made a comment while she was on the Emmy's red carpet, um, and she stated, I'm rooting for everybody black. 
Now, initially, of course, I was here for it because like most black people, I definitely want to see black people succeeding in life and doing well and flourishing and all that good stuff. But as I started listening and thinking more about the comment, it really began to like rub me the wrong way. And though, of course, I, you know, I would love to think that she is excluding, you know, black predators and sexual assaulters and murderers and other black fucking idiots that exist. Um, And I know that she was saying this in context of the Emmy Award nominees, um, even though, you know, like I don't watch shit like that. So I'm completely oblivious to who those black nominees were. But I don't know that everyone that nodded in agreement with that statement would consider context when addressing her comments because in fact in fact it has been shown like on multiple occasions how so many black people really do not only root for people because they're black um but how detrimental that can actually, you know, fucking be. Um, and though I'm not, of course, wholly blaming us for rooting for everyone black just because they're black, I do want to shed light on why this is problematic because just because you want black folks to succeed doesn't mean you can't hold black folks accountable for the shit that they're doing. Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of context of, um, where I'm coming from in this, like where my perspective draws into this. Um, I was born in the late 90s and I grew up in the early 2000s. <sighs> and growing up, I'd heard bits and pieces of the R. Kelly story and glimpses, you know, of shows like, uh, what's the fucking show? I can't think of it. Boondocks. Like boondocks um, and shit like that. Even though I was raised in a very religious home, so I wasn't really able to like engage in that type of thing um but yeah those are things that I would hear like in passing um just from like you know like my little friends and like on the tv if I heard my aunts or my grandmother watching it um but even as a teenager I hadn't paid much attention to his whole case because quite frankly, the only people that were listening to R. Kelly at the at that point were like people over 40 and black folks at a cookout, you know? So all I knew about him was stuff in the name of love, you know, I, can, I believe I could fly and I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind or whatever the fuck that song is called. Um... And I had known that he peed on someone, but back then, like, like I said, I didn't really know what was going on. And I really thought that, like, it was just some type of kinky shit that, you know, adults do during sex. And that's literally all I knew about that nigga until 2019 when I finally watched the Netflix documentary. Um, So I know that documentaries, just like any piece of media or literature always has, you know, it's it's shielded perspective. But being that that was really my introduction to all the shit that he was doing. I'm not taking it as, you know, 100% fact or whatever, but it definitely shed light on it for me. So this is what is informing 
you know, my opinions right now. Um, so when I tell y'all, bro, that I was fucking sick to my stomach, I was literally petrified watching that fucking documentary or docu-series, I guess. Um, so to sum it up, for those of you guys who haven't watched the series, essentially Robert Kelly, R. Kelly, excuse me y'all damn y'all know I'm always yawning in my damn podcast I think it's because I'm always laying down y'all know I like to get down with the comfort so I just be always comfy when I'm talking to y'all but yeah so R. Kelly was um he was targeting young black women and luring them in with this like dream of fame and luxury right um, he would offer them like record deals and shit and wine and dine them for a while and then offer them a place in his mansion to live. And like while they were living there, he would make them do disgusting, non-consensual sex acts. And if they didn't comply, he would threaten them with physical violence. I mean, it was some sick ass shit. So his first victim, or at least the first victim that was mentioned in the series from what I remember was Aaliyah and we all know Aaliyah like the famous Aaliyah so she was young as hell and relatively you know beautiful but she was a little girl not a young woman a little fucking girl when they first met I think she was like 15 if I'm not mistaken um and he promised you know the world to her in exchange for you know giving up her giving up you know her virginity her sex and you know essentially having complete control over her youth so they ended up like getting married when she was underaged and he would have violent sex with her that other people bear witness to and it's it's starting to fucking piss me off right now because just thinking about it like seriously he did all this with a fucking child like it's it's disgusting but yeah anyways um as if that wasn't enough to show (sighs) excuse me if that wasn't enough to show his fan base that you know he was a sick ass piece of shit he had a whole bunch of other girls that came after her that he would do this type of thing to and all of them were fans most of them were black girls with an exception of like one hispanic girl that was mentioned in the documentary um and he would treat them all the same way violent sex manipulation sexual and verbal abuse and then as if that wasn't enough this was all happening publicly at the height of his fucking music career this nigga was still famous And while all this was happening, I don't remember all the details, but while all this was happening, there was a sex tape that was released where he was peeing on a young girl. And I might be out of order, y'all, because like I said, I watched this back in 2019. It's fucking obviously 2020 now, so I don't remember all the details and the chronology and stuff. But yeah, it was a video that was released um, of him peeing on a young girl and she was one of his repeated victims like she lived with him and like yeah it was some weird shit going on man excuse me jesus now 
where it becomes even more alarming is not only was there physical evidence of this man peeing on a fucking minor, like a literal video of the act, and the damn court dismissed this nigga. Like, he never went to jail. I mean, he didn't go to jail at that time. He's in jail now, but he was not in jail all this time. And this was like early 2000s. Like, and I believe during this time, he also found a woman I don't like I said I don't remember the chronology but he also found a woman that he wanted to like settle down with or whatever and her name was Andrea and I personally believe that she was a cover-up because she was close you know to what would be an appropriate age for him um to actually be fucking with you know she was like I don't I don't remember but they were close in age so they get married and then boom, this nigga starts abusing her, locking her up in closets, beating her, raping her, depriving her of food and all types of other like absolutely fucking horrifying things. Mind you, while this is all happening, this man still has not gotten any negative backlash from his fans who are, as you probably guessed it, black folks, hella black folks, like his fan base was mostly, I'm not gonna say mostly, I don't know, because you know, white folks listen to that shit too, and they got the money to go and support concerts, but black folks were really supporting this nigga, like, ten toes down, five fingers up, no, ten, whatever, y'all fucking know, ten fingers up, five toes down, or however the fuck, this, they was all goddamn in for this nigga, when all of this stuff was going on, And even though a few sources were attempting to hold him accountable, like he had some interviews and stuff, his fan base was ultimately clapping back and presumably protecting his image as an entertainer. When their support was questioned, many people actually started to victim blame and say that the girls involved deserved being treated the way they were being treated because they were essentially, you know, drawn into his trap or like fell into his trap. Now, listen, I will not fuck around when I say I entertain the idea that some of these girls position themselves in this compromising situation and these situations for a brief second when it came to his first victims. First of all, they're young, vulnerable girls who really did not know any better. And obviously their parents did not give a hot shit about them. And they were essentially raising themselves, you know. I'm not blaming them at all. I'm just saying, like, it's very easy for those girls to fall into a trap when they're not being cared for by their parents. They did not deserve any of the fucking... I'm so sorry, I'm getting emotional, but they did not deserve any of the abuse that they endured. They just didn't. He was just a fucking predator. (sighs) But they were easy targets. You know, as harsh and as awful as it fucking sounds, they were easy targets and they were seeking opportunity and they thought they were doing what they had to do in order to get, uh, you know, to the top in a male dominated industry. And they were sold a fucking dream and they bought it, but they are not to blame for their abuse. I have to say that again, they are not to blame for their abuse. That's just fucking absurd. They did not abuse themselves. So for people that say they deserved it, it's just honestly repulsing. And if I could think of a stronger word than repulsing, I would say that. But 
I, I can't. And in all honesty, the entire situation was just fucking ridiculous. And now I will say that there is this one girl in particular who stood out. I'll never say that she deserved what he did to her at all. But I will say this. She completely disregarded and disrespected the girls who came before her, who went through the same things with R. Kelly before she had her dealings with him. And I don't remember Shorty's name, but she was legit rallying outside the courtroom during R. Kelly's case for peeing on the other baby girl. She was rooting for R. Kelly the entire time, saying that those young girls deserve to be treated that way because they were being fast or what the fuck ever. And for those of you who do not know what fast means, it's a word that's used in the black community to really describe young girls that are being sexualized. That's all it is. I mean, there's no way that a young, a a little baby girl is going to be fucking a sex symbol unless you're a nasty ass nigga who's looking at a little girl that way. So that's, they call little girls that are being looked at by men, grown-ass men, fast. So that's what she was trying to say, that they were fast. But they don't, when people call someone fast, they're, they're blaming the, the little girl for their perception. Um, for the perception of the men that are fucking predatories. But I just thought I would explain that to y'all because I didn't realize that not everyone knew what fast was until I got to college but what else anyways um that's some sick ass shit so in regards to diehard i kelly rooting courtroom shorty I have no respect for her, even though I feel badly for the abuse that she endured because she disregarded the experiences and horrors of the other girls until it happened to her. Any fucking ways. Not only was R. Kelly a fucking creep, but the people supporting him, like the fellow musicians in the industry, his team, his friends, his family members, his workers, who at least as shown in the docuseries where all black are all guilty for the treatment of these young girls and so are his supporters there were so many black people rallying in r kelly's favor saying that he either didn't do it or he was justified in doing what he did and the only the man only got a fucking way with doing what he was doing because he did it to the most disrespected group of human beings on the planet and that's black girls and black women now if the victims had been white girls and white women R. Kelly's career would have been over with it would have never elevated to the point that it did he would have immediately faced consequences. He would have immediately been placed in the prison system. And the entirety of his career and reputation would have been tarnished. Like from the jump, off back. And I get emotional, honestly, thinking about the absolute disregard for the lives of the black women in America. And it's terrifying as a black woman. And it's disheartening. And the fact that so many people were involved 
and helping cover this man's tracks so that he can continue to make millions of dollars while absolutely destroying the lives of so many young black girls is just fucking it honestly it just leaves me speechless speechless but angry and angry as hell but also so sad and you know what and then let's talk about let's talk about OJ Simpson. The entire OJ Simpson case and shit happened the year I was born. Like you know, I don't want to give that out, but I fuck it. 1996. All this shit happened in, like the year I was born. So, of course, I didn't really know shit about it up until I was an adult. <sighs> So I literally only ever heard murmurs about his case growing up. And again, it wasn't until the Netflix series, the little reenactment series type of documentary type of thing that I started to understand the prefacing to how R. Kelly and why R. Kelly got off the way he did. And I think it's important to note that in the 90s, in the early 2000s black people were really just getting into popular culture like of course there were the Tupacs and the Biggie Smalls and all that but they were more so underground artists for a while and they didn't really have as much clout as R. Kelly and Simpson because they did not make music that appealed to that type of larger and broader audience So when the R. Kelly's and the Simpsons and the Cosby's were introduced, they were horrifyingly idolized in a way that made them, quite frankly, immortal and untouchable. And for those of you who don't know about the O.J. Simpson case, like I didn't, definitely go and watch the Netflix reenactment. Um, But essentially, O.J. was this like all-star black football player. He was... I guess allegedly amazing at his craft and very charismatic but on the flip side he was extremely controlling extremely abusive of his wife even after their divorce and the story goes though it was never proven that OJ you know killed his wife and her new boyfriend um one night at random Though it was not proven without reasonable doubt that he'd done it, and even I had some suspicions of another suspect in particular, um, his fans were diehard supporting him as if there were no possible way that he'd murder his wife and her boyfriend. So it's important to note that his wife was white, so in order to win the case, one of his orders, deci- uh, lawyers, my bad, decided to hone in on the idea of racial injustice and police brutality and of course we know that these things are very prevalent and very real and I'll never negate that but in this case there was likely little to do with race and much more to do with the fact that he had consistently abused his wife for years which made him a prime suspect for her murder now the world will genuinely never ever know who committed the murder for certain because the case is closed now and it can't be reopened like there's a word for that but I I don't know the fucking word um 
But yeah, to segue back to the point, like essentially the entire time that OJ was under scrutiny by the law, black people were supporting him relentlessly. Like, but this one is murky because again, though he was never found guilty for actually murdering his wife, it was public knowledge that he beat he he would beat her senselessly you know, on multiple occasions. And the craziest part was that even though his lawyer had framed it so that it was a racial issue instead of a cold case fucking murder, OJ did not even want to associate with black people. Like when his lawyer wanted to make the case about race so that OJ could have, you know, a strong case to you know wiggle his way out of and get out of the charges he was super insistent that he would not be associated with black people at all and we all we all know the famous quote i'm not black i'm oj and as a standalone comment like it's revolutionary it's revolutionary like i'd heard that phrase when i was in college and i was like damn you know that's kind of deep but in context this nigga did not recognize that some of his hugest supporters were black folks. And he still shot on us. Never supported the black community. Did not want to support the black community. Was actually resistant and insistent on not supporting the black community. Even though we gave him all of our money, all of our fucking time, and all of our support. An honorary few mentions of black folks that continue to support um, of of people that black folks continue to support in spite of knowledge of their fucked up violent and sexual behaviors. Bill Cosby, who sexually assaulted multiple women. Michael Jordan, who on multiple occasions spoke about how he did not create his shoes for black consumers. And yet, black folks are the main supporters of that man's everything. And this list could literally go on and on and on. And I know that I don't know everything and I honestly don't want to because the knowledge is such a burden. But just knowing that black people already don't have a ton of mainstream people to properly represent us in a positive light. So we feel forced to clean so tightly and settle for those who shit on us consistently it's just it's honestly fucking sad like it really is it's sad and i know that black folks are not a monolith and i don't want us to all think or feel the same way about all the same things but i just wish that somehow there was a way to positively unite us over role models that actually mean well for us and do well by us Like, no one is God, so I don't expect a black, a few black folks to take on the responsibility of lifting up an entire diverse nation of people. But I just wish that our role models were more responsible. And if not more responsible of people outside of the race, of our race, of the black race, at least more responsible with our own race with respecting our own folks you know 
I think one of the saddest things about it all is that at the root of it, I understand it all. And I mean, that's the burden of being a black woman anyway. To understand everything. But I truly understand that black people just want to keep the few that have attained power in our communities in power. Because it gives us a sense of pride and false hope knowing that people who look like us can be successful. And I understand that the people that I mentioned were abused and hurt in the past. Like, I genuinely understand that. And I wish that there was some way that their pain could have been healed before they started inflicting so much pain on the lives of other people. Like, I really fucking do. But it is no one's responsibility to heal anyone else. It's legit impossible, actually, to heal someone else. They have to want to heal. And they have to want to actively take steps to healing and actively take those steps. No one can save you from you. And I understand that these are people and not monsters and... They are people who are suffering, but God damn, we all have, we all have got to do our part in healing our traumas so that we don't continue to perpetuate that pain. And before I go, my friend Norma, shout out to her page on Instagram where she actually discusses in depth um, the structure of the black family in America and other black related issues. I'll leave her um, Instagram in the in the little bio thingy. But she mentioned in one of her IGTV videos that black folks idea of success is so deeply rooted in capitalism. And I honestly could not agree more. And when you reside in America, success is wholly determined by how much money you have. And since capitalism is inherently racist, and we, I could talk about that on a whole entirely different episode about why capitalism is fucking racist. But the success in America is rooted around that political and social structure. So if that's the case, how could black people ever truly be successful? seeking success through capitalism money you know like how like am I not at all humble opinion (laughs) I feel like we should work on healing intergenerational traumas and holding people accountable for the fucked up things that you know we're doing so that that way we can be successful that way we can be spiritually successful Financial success is, of course, important, you know, in the society, but like spiritual wealth is much, much harder to challenge and take away. But yeah, that's that on fucking that. Um, I hope you guys were able to think about, you know, the shit that I said in here and, you know, talk to me. Shit, I got an Instagram page for my podcast. It's I-J-W-T-F-K. You can visit me on Instagram. DM me if you have any, you know, questions. You can always email. Um, 
the podcast email. It's ijwtfk at gmail.com. I'm also you can also find me on Facebook. It's what is there to even talk about. But yeah, y'all, like just fucking when you say things like I'm rooting for everyone black. Like, think about the shit that you're saying for real. And think about how harmful that can really be. And think about why that shit can be so harmful. And think about the traumas that you have. That you're inflicting onto other people. Like I said, like, I really feel like the best way to be successful is to be spiritually successful. And I know that shit sounds corny. Like, I really do. I know these people are on this, like, spiritual wave and shit because it's cool and it's cute. But, like, for real, for real, for real, like, on some real ass shit, y'all, like, we have to start working on healing our intergenerational traumas. We have to start working on talking about these things so that we can get over them and stop inflicting these pains on our people. For real. But yeah, make sure you follow me on all social media. The Twitter did some weird shit. I think somebody tried to hack my account, change my password. So can't get into that anymore. But definitely hit me up on Instagram. Um, follow my creative conglomerates page. It is Cozy's Creations. If you see me change my name on here to... Um, What is there to even talk about by Cozy? You'll know that it's because I'm rebranding, like I said. But yeah, I truly, really, really, really appreciate you for listening to me. Um, And it really means a lot. And I would love to hear what you have to say. So yeah, until next time, motherfuckers. I love you. Um, And I hope you love me too. And I'm sending you love and light. All right, bye-bye.